everyone. Welcome to Creepy Inquiries. A podcast dedicated to all things creepy, spoopy, and true crimey. With your hosts, Miss Kevin and Edie, your friendly neighborhood queers. Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Feeling, Feeling fun. fun. Ooh, I'm starting to feel it in my bones, in my arthritis. Amen. Well, you know who else feels it in his bones after mm-hmm. 12 hours of tantric sex with his wife, Trudy? Sting. Seventy-one. <laughs> Wait, the co-star of Only Murders in the Building? He's in that? Yes, oh, yeah. yeah. He plays himself. He does. <laughs> He's Batman. And will be Batman again in yeah. the ill-fated oh. Flash movie that also has should be canceled. Yikes. Ezra Miller, Michael Keaton, seventy-one. Oh my! Multiplicity, baby, Mr. Mom, Mr. Mom himself. Do we want to talk about cancel culture back in the eighties? Do we want to talk about pronouns and stuff? Let's start there, okay? Let's folks? start with Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom. Let's start with Mr. Mom. Star of one of my mother's favorite shows that she just refers to as Navy ABCD, NCIS star Mark Harmon, 71. Oh, oh you mean my, my past co-star? I mean, That's right. not to brag, but I co-star. did. Co-star. Were you on I NCIS? Did. That was my first job when I moved Shut to LA to do background. Up. And I was, it was on the first day that they had come back for a new season. And so the catering service was above (gasps) and beyond. So my dumbass thought that was like, Oh no, that was your intro. There was lobster. Your first day was Christmas. There was not lobster for (laughs) NCIS. There sure was. And I was sitting there eating some food on the other side of a picnic table from Mark Harmon. Oh, were you really? Excellent. Yeah. I genuinely thought, I'm living the life now. <laughs> this is my new life. <laughs> it's all happening. It's Downhill all happening. from here. <laughs> Mom, I just had last year with Mark Harmon. What did you do today? <laughs> well, he fought the law and the law won. Rob Halford from Judas Priest, 71. Yep. Oh, right. leather daddy. Yeah. Ultimate leather daddy. Ultimate yes. prototype. Mama Finley could never. Well, he brought the Tom of Finland aesthetic to the mainstream, mainstream Mm -hmm. kind of pop metal world. The Gothic Castle. Exactly. That's what I said. That's what I said. (laughs) Halloween queen, queen of my dreams, Elvira herself, Cassandra Ah, Peterson, 71. Beautiful. Beautiful. Late in life lesbian too. I know. Late in life lesbian. Listen, as one, we love to see it. Live it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. hmm I got two more. One great one, one poopy one. Okay. Great one. Angelica Houston is 71. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
Uh, yes. Yes. Love her. Yes. Love her. Love Me her. Too. The pictures of her in the 70s being yes. way too good for Jack Nicholson. Way too good for Jack Nicholson, even way though they dated good. for a very long time. She was always too good for him. Mm-hmm. Always too hot for him. Always too hot for everybody. <laughs> and finally, star of episode 42 of this very podcast, the lawman himself. Ba boom boom. Steven Seagal is 71. I thought he was older. I thought he was considerably older. I think it's the hair dye. Yeah, it's the hair dye and the whatever plug or toupee situation is yeah. happening on top. The brillo. Let's be honest, too. A little gout, probably. Let's be honest. Pro- I mean, without He's got to have gout. Him and Putin just eating cheese. I was just going to say, isn't he hanging out with Putin eating All the time. cheese? He is. He's <laughs> hanging out with Vladimir Putin. He yeah. is, I think, allegedly training the troops in a very yeah, Steven Seagal lawman sort of way. <laughs> Except he's never done any martial arts. He can't do any he martial did, arts. He did. He could do Aikido. That's right. But not as well as he ever said. And he couldn't do anything that was like actually offensive. And no, I think he like challenged a stunt coordinator yes. to a fight or something. And the stunt coordinator dropped him and Seagal shit his pants. <laughs> now, Kevin, we're mm-hmm. getting to the what we did this we week. Are. Now, I have to point something out. Your tongue is bright blue. Uh-huh. Explain. Yes. <laughs> I just ingested a blue raspberry Jolly Rancher. There. That's all. Wow. 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 It has been decades since I've consumed a Jolly Rancher, I think. Or really anything blue ras flavored. Blue ras, when we were a kid, it was all. Is Mm -hmm. it still? Are the kids still into blue ras? Gen Z, do you like blue raspberry? Yeah, I don't know. Well, Gen Z's, yeah, hit us up. Gen Z, do you? Do you like blue raspberry or am I bussin'? What? No cap. I don't know what bussin' means. No cap. I hate this. You're leaving crumbs. Oh, right? uh, no, I don't want to leave crumbs. I want to eat. Yeah, I know. You need to be eating. <laughs> I want to eat. I don't want to leave any crumbs, mother. Am I having a stroke? <laughs> no, we're just old. This is what it feels like to be old. Yes. Well, no, I love that. And I love that I'm not the youth. I hated nothing more than being the youth. However, I don't understand any of the slang. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the phrases are, but uh, I had a blue raspberry Jolly Rancher because I've recently bought a little pack of Jolly Ranchers. Yeah, what is shit. the third degree? Who are you to judge me? <laughs> There's no third degree. It's just the the bright blue tongue was very distracting and I needed to know about it and I needed to call you out. <laughs> Thank you. Besides your candy, what else did you do this week? What did I do this weekend? Oh, man, I have been enjoying this weekend because, A, I've started a new app app painting, and I'm very proud of it. Yes. Working hard on it. and We're hardly working on it. Hardly working. And also, I have been sauntering, skipping, sashaying, I guess, down memory lane because this week they released some paparazzi videos of them filming the Wicked musical movie. Yes. And I've just been – Reliving yes. my college, high school times. High school, yes. <laughs> That's been my fun weekend. So I've been reliving some stuff, belting things in my car. Yeah, Ariana Blonde. She's there. She's oh, I know. Blonde. I saw her. Maybe it'll look better on camera, but maybe, it doesn't maybe. look good in the photo. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but, but it, we'll see. Edie, what did you get up to this weekend? Oh, big hunk of nothing. Untrue. We took Estelle to a different 
park yesterday, a park close to our house that also has a skate park where the youngins are skateboarding. She really, really loved. I think that she is soothed by the sound of skateboards. Oh, I think that she enjoys the sound sound of skateboards. Yeah, the the yeah, yeah, the 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 rumbly the wheels on concrete. I think that she enjoys it. She's a city dog. She's a city dog, and this. This park is much more wide open than some of the other places that we mm-hmm. had tried to take her. We think that our dog Estelle has a touch of claustrophobia because she hates the car and she doesn't like walking experiences that are like kind of cl- enclosed. Like Aww. there's a different park where there's like a boardwalk that's got more fenced in. Mm-hmm. She was not a huge fan of that, but we went on a little adventure. We're learning about each other. Then we hung out with a friends and neighbor of mine who I actually went to high school with. Oh, weird. Cool. And Baltimore. was one of the small indeed, one of the few very, very cool people I went to high school with. And she came over and we kikied for a little while. And it was very nice. That's hey, wonderful. That's my weekend. Yes. Yes. What'd you do? This week, I <laughs> got an air conditioner. Yeah. So I at least have one. I want to get a second one just so I can have one in the living room, in the bedroom. But oh, She thinks she's fancy. <laughs> oh, hey, hello. Well, I, the one that I got was really, it's small. It's like for like 150 square feet, which is perfect for my bedroom. And then I'll get a slightly bigger one. Hold on, I'm being attacked by a tiny cat. Wow, look at you flaunting your privilege, just bragging that you live more than 100 square feet. (laughs) Dang. Wow. Wow. Check it. Central air. You own your house. (laughs) Wow, putting me on blast. (laughs) Wow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You own, wait, you own your house and you have central air? I did not Uh uh realize Uh about the central air. Uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, y'all are putting me on blast like I blast my AC. Motherfucking <laughs> fuck you. Flipped it in reverse. Oh, fuck you. Body slammed. Absolute body slam. Anyway, my friend Amanda came over yesterday and she helped me schlep it out of the car. And she made an incredibly valiant effort to put it in my window. But turns out, just because there are two gay women trying to install an air conditioner doesn't mean they know what they're doing, despite the stereotypes. So Representation that matters. That feels against the rules. I know it does. So I'm going to have to get a professional. And yeah, my weekend was good. And uh, it was good. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited with that we're here, episode 71. It's like I'm a- so excited. <sighs> I am in the audience chair this you week. Are. And I am just I'm ready to be entertained. Enter my taint. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kevin. I have the true crime story. If if you want me to start, I can certainly, but I would love it. Please. Okay. We were warned that we were gonna have some fun. We are going to be having some fun. That we're going to the fun zone today. We are. We're staying in the fun zone, in fact, because last week, Edie, your story brought us with the the Great Diamond Hoax of 1872. That's right. That's and that right, was just, Edie. that was fun for everyone, really, across the board. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to stay here a little bit longer. And also, I, phys- I actually chose this story specifically timing-wise, so I had to do this today. But okay. 
we're going to get into it. I'm very excited. I want us to start off by, picture it, the USA, 1896. Ooh, it's dirty. Lots of dust. Utah was formally made the 45th state. Racial segregation is upheld by the Supreme Court ruling of separate but equal in Plessy versus Ferguson. Best lawsuit in the country's history. That's that's where we're currently at. Elsewhere in the world, in Athens, Greece, to be specific, 1896 brought us the world's first modern Olympic Games with the 1896 Summer Olympics. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it kind of slapped by 1896 standards. Yeah. 14 nations participated, 10 of which earned medals. Okay. Four of them didn't even earn any medals. I know. There's only 14. And history will judge them for it. But I'm not going to put them on blast. (laughs) I won't put them on blast. Not on this podcast. Not here. Not here. We celebrate losers. But uh, the United States was one of the participating nations, and we won the most gold medals with 11 medals won. That's right. Sounds right. And technically, they weren't gold medals because in that year, first place were silver medals, second place were copper medals, and third place, you got nothing back then. (laughs) What's the point of third place then? You were losers. And they're looking like an idiot. In Glengarry Glen Ross, like first place is like a gold watch, second place is something else. Third place is you're fired. I don't know. Always be closing, (laughs) people. Always, ABC. Always be closing. (laughs) And by. The 1896 Summer Olympics in Athens, it was the most internationally participated event. History was being made out in Athens. It had all the basic sports categories that are still around today, like swimming and tennis. They did a marathon. uh, They did wrestling and so on. Now, back in the day, in the day, in the day, in the day, the wrestling was Oiled up nude. and nude. Nude. Oh, like please. traditional In 1896, Greek. what was the nudity standard? What was the situation? situation? Well, certainly spandex has not been invented yet. Absolutely not. Right. So maybe undies? Maybe. They had all those events, and it was a really big success. After the U.S. crushed it by winning the most top medals, most gold medals, there was an athletic association back in the U.S., Boston, to be specific, and they were eyeing up those 1896 Summer Olympics ratings. They're like, you know what? I think we should probably put on a certain kind of like games for us and our athletics association, astutely named the Boston Athletic Association. And they thought, (laughs) and they thought, you know what? Let's do our own little version of it and we'll call it the BAA Games. It'll be great. And we'll conclude with a marathon just like how they did in Athens. It'll be great. So they did. The following year, 1897, they had the BAA Games, and it was participated well. The marathon had 15 runners, and it was the capstone event of the entire thing. It's called the BAA Road Race. It's got Okay. That was held on April 14th, 1897. There were 15 runners, and only 10 runners finished the complete 24-and-a-half-mile race. Five losers. Sneakers. Five fucking losers. losers. They're running in dress shoes. Right. Keep that in mind. I know. I know. <laughs> and I truly could not run around a city block. 
No, I know. Oh Who are we now? <laughs> in like no. my most expensive no. athlete. I don't think I could I run like it. just a quarter of a city block. Just the right. one one side of it could not do it. No, no, no. <laughs> so, but you know what? What is sports fandom other than being a schlubby armchair expert? That's right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> So the BAA road race would go on in one form or fashion every following subsequent April for the next 126 years. And somewhere along the line, the amount of participants ballooned from 15 runners to around 30,000 runners today. In those 127 years, they changed their name to the Boston Marathon. Wait, okay, wait, the, the, the Boston Marathon bombing isn't in the fun zone. I, you are beating me to this, Edie. It is not, we are not Good. talking about Jokar okay. and Tamerlan <laughs> Chanayev. We are not doing that. I have that right here, zone. literally is- the next line. And I'm saying we're staying in the fun zone today, all right? So, no, we're not talking about Brother Joker. <laughs> all right, fair. Good, 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 good. Do you remember, like, just really sad Tumblr teens just being like, Jokar's just so cute, though, and misunderstood. Ugh. And it's like, okay, he's, yeah. very, he's very young, and so maybe we should take that into consideration when we talk about his culpability. But, like, don't yeah. stand Jokar Sarnaya. No. No, no, no. Don't make, like, little heart shaped fan cams about Jokar Sarnaya. Because the internet is forever, people. And one day you won't be 14. Nope. Those kids are going to have to apply to college and then yes, <laughs> Carnegie Mellon's going to get a zip drive with their <laughs> fan cams of Jokar Sarnaya. <laughs> Scholarship revoked. Yeah, like I said, we are in the fun zone today. We are not talking about the 2013 Boston bombing. What we will be talking about is the other major controversial marathon event from the past. And I'm talking about the 1980 race and Rosie the Marathon Scammer. Ooh. Have we heard of Rosie? No. no. I have not heard of her. Hooray! Rosie yeah, the so Marathon Scammer. Oh yeah, her no, name is Rosie I'm Ruiz. I'm very excited. I am tickled. I'm already tickled. Rosie Ruiz, the marathon scammer. Yes, oh, ma'am. Rosie, I am subtitling this episode: "Run, Rosie, Run, the Marathon <laughs> Scammer." Yes, cute. Yes, cute. cute We're gonna have cute. fun today, y'all. And I, I, like I said, I had to pick this story specifically for episode seventy-one because it was my closest true crime story to when the Boston Marathon for this year took place, which was. Last Monday, April 17th, 2023, the winners of that race for the men's winner was the previous year's champion. His name was Evans Chibet, who is from Kenya. His time was two hours, five minutes, and 54 seconds. Jesus Christ. And for the women's category, with a runtime of two hours, 21 minutes, and 38 seconds, is international icon Helen O'Beary. She's also from Kenya. But Helen's an Olympic silver medalist and also the only woman to hold world records in indoor track, outdoor track, and cross country. Hell yeah. A titan of athletics, Helen. Dang. So I just wanted to give a shout go. out. I'm, I'm hey, sure Helen. Evans Chibet is great in the men's category, but I, it's all about Helen O'Beary for me. Thank you very much. We love Helen. And then there's Rosie Ruiz. Born on June 21st, 1953 in Havana, Cuba. She moved to the West coast of Florida in 1962 with her mother and siblings when she was about eight years old. Her father had to stay behind in Cuba. Okay. 
After immigrating to the United States, Rosie was separated from her mother, Juana, as she set out to find work. And so Rosie, little Rosie, had to live with her aunts, uncles, cousins in the South Florida area. In 1972, she graduated from high school and started attending Wayne State College all the way out in Nebraska to study music. Oh, yeah. Big change. Yeah. She aspired to be an actress and a performer, but she never graduated with that music degree because Rosie's life, as hard as it already was, wasn't really going to get any easier. Boo. In college, 1973. She unfortunately gets into a minor car accident. She Mm. was still experiencing some like headaches and things like that for months afterwards. She went Mm. to the doctors to have that looked out. They ended up finding a benign yet tangerine-sized tumor (gasps) in her brain. Tangerine-sized. Lucky she got into that car accident. That's one way to say, yeah. We'll go with that. We'll give her a little bit of luck. I doubt she would. Because maybe they wouldn't have. Who knows? Yeah. Scanned her noggin for that clementine size. (laughs) One of those cuties. It's huge. It's huge, but it was benign and they did remove it. And that was all well and good. And she recovered well. Three years later, she ended up moving to Manhattan and found work with a commodities firm, which was named Metal Traders. I have no idea what a commodities firm is. And at this point, I'm too embarrassed to ask, really. No, I just, who cares? I, I have no I idea. Know. It's buy like stuff, metal. sell stuff, whatever. It's some big company it- in New York City. City. New York City. City. A Sports Illustrated investigation conducted in 1980 after the marathon scandal described Rosie as having some run-ins with the law prior to the marathon running. Case in point, after she moved to Manhattan in 1977, she had a complaint filed against her by a male acquaintance accusing her of stealing his credit cards from his apartment. He didn't file charges against Rosie because she did pay back the entire $1,500 worth of charges that she had ran up on the cards. Yeah, so no harm, no No foul. No harm, no foul, man. All right. And I had brain cancer. All right. Like, so, you know, go easy. I needed a break. Give me a break. (laughs) I would milk that so hard for the rest of my life. Every fuck up I make forever. I had a clementine in my brain. Tangerine brain tumor. And the following year, she, I think she had some other minor complications or something sure. with the removal process. So in 1978, she underwent the knife one more time for the brain and she had a plastic plate installed in her head. Okay. So she oh, will Plastic plate. Bummer. Not a metal plate like the mom in Pete and Not Pete like where she could plate. get radio messages. That's right. The plastic. only kind of plate you want. That's a missed opportunity. <laughs> so the year is 1979. It's around February, the beginning of the year. She is healed up from her second brain surgery. She wants to start being active, and she decides to start running again. She apparently would run as a child as a hobby, kind of a way for her to also escape some, you know, inconvenience in her childhood. So she started that up again, 1979. Allegedly, she was logging around 100 miles a week, and she decided, you know what? I think I'm going to sign up for the New York Marathon. But, you know, it's it's only in October. I'm starting in February. 
I, I'll be fine. I'll do it. Ooh, that's do not it. a lot fine. of time to train for a marathon. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Okay. And so she realized. It's like yeah, yeah. most of a year. It's most, almost, almost. Yeah. Nevertheless, she figured, okay, I'm going to sign up for it. She goes and her application was received after the cutoff date for that marathon. Mm. She, she goes to file appeal with the running association that holds it and says, look, I have this brain tumor. <laughs> yes. Good for her. Yes. Good for her. Rosie. So Good for her. like throw me a bone. Let me run. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they're like, okay, we are not monsters. You can you can sign up and run. Go crazy, Rosie. Like, it's cool. Like, we'll see you there. Yeah. The day comes. It's October 21st, 1979. She is ready. She is jazzed. She is in good spirits. She is on the starting line like the rest of the couple thousand runners at that point. And keep in mind, the New York Marathon is... Much younger than the Boston Marathon. New York Marathon, by that point, was only 10 years old. Mm, okay. It's just a little baby marathon. A little baby. baby. And you also did not need a qualifying time to enter the New York Marathon. Anyone could really kind of sign up. Let's do it. So, like, I could sign up for the New York Marathon and try and run and, like, shit myself. In 1979. Yeah. In 1979. <laughs> but <What> as we <laughs> Nobody wants to see that, even to, like, punish me for something terrible. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody wins. No. <laughs> so she's on the, the starting line. She is totally jazzed. The gun goes off. She hits about eight miles. She's still going well. Around nine miles, she starts to tuck her out a little bit. And on the 10th mile, she either, I think, kind of twists her ankle or she may have mm. just crapped out. I'm not exactly sure. But she sure. Yeah. leaves the course at that point. She's like, ow, and oh, my God. I, I just, just ran nine miles. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch, my brain. But like, I'm still determined to cross that finish line, y'all, even though she left the course. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Yes. Rosie hobbles on over to the near subway station, and she gets This in. is what I would do. This is exactly what I would do. She's waiting around for yes. the train to come, and she kind of gives like a brief smile to the lady kind of next to her and whatever. She's got her fucking like number, number sign on, on her torso running. and it's also the marathon day, so it wouldn't be weird seeing a runner no. out at that very moment in time. It's all well and good. She gets on the train. The lady that she had smiled at also gets on the same train and starts chit-chatting a little bit. The lady says oh that God. her name is Susan. And they were just making small talk. She's like, hey, I, uh, were you just running in the marathon? She's like, oh, yeah, I just twisted my ankle. Oh, it's awful, but I just want to go to the finish line and, and see – who wins and you know it'll be fun blah 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 that's perfect <laughs> they happen to have easy, gotten easy. off at the same station near the front line so susan and rosie get off they part ways susan goes about her day and rosie goes through a crowd sees a medic tent after the finish line mm-hmm. so she hobbles over to the medic tent the volunteers in there say um oh yeah obviously you're a runner come on in like we'll treat you and what's your finishing time oh so she's like yeah yeah perfect two hours 56 minutes 29 seconds and they're like wait what bullshit she gave herself an incredible fucking that is an amazing time (laughs) 
That time would have made her the 23rd best amongst women and qualified her for the Boston Marathon because you needed a qualifying time to enter the Boston one. Wow, good for her. Way to to hobble through it. I'm sure she just looked those medics dead in the eye and just said, two hours, 56 Mm -hmm. minutes, 29 seconds. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay. Congratulations. Wow, good for you. So how it works is, in the fall is when the New York Marathon happens. If you qualify for the Boston Marathon, those occur the following Aprils. So if you want to do the Boston Marathon, do you have to do the New York Marathon? Or you just have to qualify somewhere? Good question. Okay. Uh, runners Sorry. get at us. My, I, I think, well, definitely if you run in the New York. And there's other major races that happen throughout okay. too. So there are other qualifying races, I'm assuming. Okay. Also, runners, get at us and just, like, why? Like, why do you... Why and how? How come? And, like, um, how are you... Do you just pee on yourself a lot? I don't know why that's my question, but that's what I think And, like, it hurts and is bad, so, like, why? And, like, how do you breathe when you do it? We had to run... We had to do a mile in school as, like, a... Fitness test. And little, little Uncle Edie... Oh, God. ...walked it. A cool 15-minute mile. Oh, God, mine was always much longer. (laughs) Oh, I had had private school gym teachers yelling at me to start running again. And just in your inner ear, you're just hearing, ain't nothing going to break my stride. Ain't nothing going to calm me down. Oh, no, I got to keep on moving. You were just vibing. If I could have sat down and just abstained, I would have. I was definitely an indoor kid for sure. Rosie gives them the time. She qualifies for the Boston Marathon. And so she starts to train because she wants to go and compete. She wants to finish this race, even though she did not finish the New York one by any stretch, literally. What do you mean she has a finishing time? (laughs) Two hours, 56 minutes and whatever seconds. Which she has a time. She was given a time. She finished. She still has that job. And her boss was very impressed that she did so well for the New York Marathon. He himself was a runner. He was like, look, um, I'd be happy to pay your way up to the Boston Marathon because you're going to make us proud. Yeah, you're gonna, we'll sponsor you. Your real time is so impressive. And all, yeah. because the year's 1980... The Boston Marathon only started allowing women to run in 1972. Yep, and what a fun story that is. That is what I thought you were going to do today. Well, she's she's in here. She has her okay, cameo, yes. and she okay. is a beast, so good for her. Nice. Yes. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. And so her uh, boss offered to pay for her Boston racing, and she's now thinking, uh, okay, I... I have to go through with this regardless now because I have a lot of people depending on me and this attention I'm getting and praise by a lot of people feels so good. I need to continue. That's right. I don't want that to go away. It's so easy to get in too deep. Absolutely. And Miss Rosie did. So she starts training. She goes out jogging in Central Park, but she is not by any stretch training like an elite runner should be for such a strenuous event. She's jogging. She has a recumbent bike in her 
apartment, <laughs> but she's working a full-time job and even overtime. Yeah. So she's not training consistently. Jesus Christ. She's wearing her like Fabletics athleisure. <laughs> For sure. She's got her Yiddies on, uh-huh. the Lizzo uh-huh. shapewear. She has her bike in front of the TV watching Bosom Buddies. Like, she's doing mm-hmm. it. She's mm-hmm. doing what she mm-hmm. can. She's doing what she can. She's biking. She's watching Donahue. Yes. So <laughs> Maybe get a treadmill and not a recumbent bike, which as someone who can only use a recumbent bike versus a normal bike, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you're practically lying down. Yes, yeah. it's incredible. I <laughs> it's love the best part about I it. I love not being allowed to ride a normal stationary bike. It's incredible. <laughs> so she's doing what she can, and here comes April. We are now on the day of the Boston Marathon, which is April 21st, 1980. All right. It was the 84th annual Boston Marathon. It was a much bigger race. Well, it's not much bigger. It was a bigger race than the New York run. There mm-hmm. were over 400 women runners, and there were over 5,000 male runners. Sounds right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she was at least attempting to complete the circuit to the best of her abilities. Lo and behold, she didn't really improve much from her performance for the New York Marathon. And she kind of repeated what she did for it. Unexpected. (laughs) Which was, she runs a couple miles, craps Uh out. Yeah. Yep. Takes a subway to get to the finish line. Yeah. This is just, you know what? This Mm. is the thing that I'm comparing Mm -hmm. Rosie's training to. So remember like during the pandemic and maybe even a little bit before, beloved British comedian Eddie Izzard mm-hmm. would run a marathon a day on like a treadmill or out in the world, like for charity. Right. She would just do 26 marathons. miles a day? A day. No. Yep. A day. In, Does she in have absolute, a robot body? Like she's got to. She's got to. But like That's crazy. That compared to, and that is like the most bonkers running experience that I can imagine. Mm -hmm. Like a marathon a day for way too long versus Rosie, like literally the exact opposite. And just (laughs) just putting her hair up in a scrunchie and just like running a few blocks and calling it a day. She has a mop top, so she has a bull cut, so she's pretty. like a Dorothy ham. Oh, well, you need a sweatband. Yeah, she, uh, well, you don't have to have a sweatband if you don't break a sweat, honey. That's Rosie's motto. <laughs> that's right. That's true. If that's I was just standing right. outside, I'd be sweaty, but that's just a me thing. Ew, sweat? No, ew, David. <laughs> so she takes the train mm-hmm. too close to the finish line. She gets off, mm-hmm. I believe, around the Commonwealth Avenue exit, which was about right. a mile itself from the finish line. Literally... Goes into the crowd, runs back on the race course. I don't That's right. know how she could do it without getting spotted, but I guess that's the hubris of her. She's like, I Maybe think she I'm just going to go for shirt it. On. Yeah, she grabs a jacket, <laughs> yeah. steals a jacket, runs through, takes the jacket off. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's good for her. The so confidence. She and she's like, I will just go. I'll run for the the last mile. Uh, it'll get me sweaty, I guess. And I will have finished. It will be so fun because yeah. everyone's cheering me. She's 
She's going to look like somebody who ran a mile and a half uh-huh. and then everybody else is going to show up to this With their bloody end of it. Feet. Just like cracked yeah. nipples. Oh. Yeah. Shit running down their thighs. Total ketosis. All over themselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not only did she re-enter the race, soaking up the attention, of course, I'm sure, as she's finishing it. Of course. But what Miss Rosie did not calculate correctly time was time i guess she didn't look before she started running because she had entered the race well ahead the fastest female Mm -hmm. runner at that point (laughs) and then when she gets back in it's like so rosie does not know this super clear she so is she's running. like, it's like an hour and a half. And she's she thought she would be one line. of the hundreds of women that finishes. Rosie, no. <laughs> she's you going to end up with, what's your finishing sun? time? <laughs> like 57 minutes. I finished this whole thing in 57 <laughs> what minutes. What have you assholes been doing? Honestly. Uh, so she gets on. She's running. Oh, my God. She finishes the race. Everyone is stunned because... They were expecting the Quebecois runner. Her name is Jacqueline Garreau. She was mm-hmm. the front runner, literally, for the women's. And she was being tracked. She was told at the halfway point that she was the first run- in the front. first female. Yep, she was in the front. So everyone was expecting Jacqueline coming around the corner for the final of the finish. Sportscasters, they were like, and I think we're seeing Jacqueline. Uh, 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 who? Uh- Oh, I guess it was huh? Rosie? someone named Rosie Ruiz who is coming around she the corner. This is a sweaty. surprise win. Look, ugh. so things are starting to get weird, and she doesn't know that. So of course she, not. She's just she's just running, just jogging it. the last mile. Woo! Everyone Woo, is too, cheering. Baby. She Woo. is like <laughs> picturing the triumph, all of that, and she crosses the finish line inevitably she is declared the winner of the women's mm-hmm. race <laughs> with a time of two hours, 31 minutes and what? 56 seconds. What? Which at the time was astoundingly historic. Not yeah. only would it have been by that point, the fastest Boston marathon time ever by a woman. It would have also been the third fastest time ever for any marathon for a while. Oh my God, Rosie. No, if you're, this is the thing. If you're going to scam it, if you're going to, if you're going to fake it. You can't be first. Fake being like. Fourth. Fake being like 50th. Yeah. Got to. 100th. You have to. Strive for average. Girl, you still have your mascara on. How did you run 26 miles? Oh, my God. I'm looking at a picture. I'm looking at a picture of her. There are cops, like, helping her. Oh, yeah. She had to milk it. She was like, um, everyone now thinks I'm winning. Girl. So you're seeing what she's wearing. She's wearing a yellow T-shirt. Yellow. Just bright yellow. Uh Uh-huh. White shorts, sleeves, yeah, not soaked through. Observers, white shorts. Observers noticed that her hair wasn't matted with perspiration. That she wasn't panting. No. Her thighs were a little flabbier than an actual runner's thighs would be, and that's not well, like judging her. Flabby. Mm. <laughs> no, I mean like. No, I think like, if you train to run marathons, you're yes. not going to have too much on no. you. That's like, um, what's her face, uh, Shikari Jackson. Yeah. 
who is a a uh, U.S. like Olympic hopeful mm-hmm. runner. She was supposed to do the last Olympics, but like stupid didn't work out. Her legs are wild, mm-hmm. like just cords of muscle and like huge. Mm-hmm. And she's like very slight, but enormous muscular legs. Yeah. Rosie looks like a normal person. Yep. Rosie looks like a normal person who did not run a marathon. She did a fatal like, mistake of um, raising her arms as as she was no being sweat. photographed. No sweat on her. Oh my god! Oh no! I'm looking at it. Girl, they put they put a little they put like a laurel crown on that's her. That's what you get when you win the Boston Marathon is a laurel. Look crown. at this. At that, she's not ah, even. Imagine what she's thinking it. at Go that to moment. A water. She's like, fuck. She's on top of the world. She's she probably so, hasn't even thought about it yet. At that point, no, because also she's now trying to understand that she had just been crowned the winner. Not only did she have an amazing time historically, but she had a, a dramatically improved time from six yes, months did. prior. Almost twenty five minutes an, of an. I was going to say it's like a half an hour in six months. Oh my as God. soon as There's she no gets way. off of the, the race, there there are reporters, there are observers over there. So she is starting to be interviewed by the other runners. Oh, no, that so are now she's on TV. <laughs> One of the TV oh interviewers happened to be Catherine Switzer, <gasps> who is the iconic first yes. woman yes, to run the Boston is. Marathon, who was mm-hmm. yes. famously yes. pictured being manhandled and discriminated yep, against. Yep. Mm-hmm. Jock. Hi, Jock. That's such a good story. Oh, well, my she's God. coming in. She's yes. like, I fucking uh, like you're I smell a stunt, but I can't just like yeah. call you out but, on that. No one and really you can. don't smell bad. So she's like, oh, she goes up. She's like, wow. So like you improved your time from New York uh, almost 25 minutes. How? Please tell us. That's amazing. Rosie's just giving the vaguest of answers because she's like, shit, I don't know. I was not preparing for this. Thank God. And, and the coach, she said, I trained myself. I don't know how to explain it. I guess I just woke up with a lot of energy today. Yeah. Question mark. When I wake up with a lot of energy, I do the laundry and take a walk. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine asked her about her interval training, which is, workouts that are designed for uh, runners to improve their speeds. (laughs) Rosie was like, huh? Huh? What is that? I don't... Interval? I don't know. Intervals? The men's winner, Bill Rogers, he was in that area. He was immediately suspicious because he saw that she was wearing a t-shirt and he's like, look, most elite runners are wearing tank tops to control their perspiration. First red flag for him. Oh, I didn't even think about that because your sleeves, it keeps the heat yeah. in. <gasps> yeah. So he's oh, like, wow. Red flag okay. one. He goes up to her. He's not noticing as much perspiration for a person that allegedly just ran almost 30 miles. I feel miles. like if you run 26 miles, it'll take you like an hour and a half to stop sweating. Right. <laughs> and he walks up to her and he's like, he just asks her a question about her splits. And what splits are are the times that it takes to run each leg of the race that ah. runners are keeping track of as they're doing it professionally because that's the only way that you know that you're um, you know, improving on yourself or sure. you're doing worse. 
all of that. So that's in their right. minds as they're running. No, I'm I'm great at the splits. I am really good at the splits. I'm so flexible. Um, like I'm like John Claude Van Damme. I was, uh, I was a cheerleader in high school. We did a lot of splits. That was my satirical answer that I had written for her, basically. I was like, well, I wouldn't say I'm flexible. Um <laughs> With enough stretching, I could get halfway down. She's like, I don't know what you were talking about, sir. Like, I don't know what a split is, sir. (laughs) She is just crazy. And here we are. Wow. Um, Jacqueline Garreau, now second place silver medalist, was also being, again, she was told at the 18-mile mark that she was Mm, in first place. And Patty Lyons, who was another American runner, uh, her mm-hmm. actual competition, she was second place. Yeah. And Ow. none of these people saw her in her bright yellow T-shirt when they were running. Mm-hmm. She would have had to yeah. pass them, quote unquote, to get in front of yeah. them. And the thing oh, is, yeah. this is still 1980. We don't have the immediacy yeah, no. as we do now. And so it was still percolating people's eyebrows were being raised throughout this entire process that they were crowning her because people were still trying to piece everything together. And by that point, she's like, all right, thank you. It's been so great, but I'm going to go home now. This has been so great. I just, just, I I shit my pants twice. Need to get home before the third time comes around. Look, I understand that my short shorts are white and you would have been able to tell if I had done (laughs) that. She wore the worst possible colors to run in, by the way. No. If she was and if she had done it, like her thighs would have touched the the rash that she would have had. She would have. That's why you wear spandex so they don't move. So if your thighs do touch, it's also why you don't wear a t-shirt when you're running because it hurts your nips. Yeah, too. Anyway, if I were Jacqueline, I would have like looked in the phone book for Tanya Harding's fucking boyfriend (laughs) to (laughs) get. I have a job for you, bitch. Get Rosie. Get your crowbar. Get to Boston. So a few days pass. And in those days, the story starts coming to light very well. Eyewitnesses start coming in and being quoted in newspapers saying, I'm pretty sure I saw this lady run back onto the course around the one mile mark. Mm -hmm. They started going through all of the photographs that they had taken, all the video footage, mm, through all the, mm-hmm. the mile markers. Nowhere was Rosie found on them. So everyone starts getting things uh, piecing together. They call yeah. a press conference about three days later. She is brought mm-hmm. there, and she tearfully denies having ever cheated. How? She ran How the race. you? Rosie, no. Here's the thing. She's in too Rosie. deep. She's in too deep. She can't. She you can't, can't back just out about now. face now. Because also they're gonna find out about Boston. Yep. They're gonna look into New, New York. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about, Press. Oh. You have to just like let this be. I I won. I have the medal. I ran the race. That was my time. Can we all just <laughs> start planning 1981's race already? <laughs> I Which I'm gonna win with a lot of energy that day. I had my orange juice, vitamin <laughs> C, energy. So she was still white knuckling it. She's still thinking she might be able to try and salvage it, trying to get people off her back. You can't, Rosie. I mean, honestly, if it was like five or six years earlier, she probably could have. Try, yeah. Just because I bet you there would have been less cameras, less video. Yeah, but um. 
even if she was doing a stellar job and she was able to keep the message and narrative right, uh, a lady came forward named Susan <laughs> who lives in New York. Suze! Suze coming in! Yes, Susan! Susan is like, because when you mentioned her, I was like, how do we know her name? Yeah, yes, yeah, Susan. Susan Morrow is her name. Spilling tea is her game. Yeah! <laughs> That's right. That's right, Can you Susan. imagine, though, if you had this tea? Like, you have this tea, oh and you're just God. like... I'm about to be famous. She <laughs> and all she's of like, her coworkers in accounts receivable of wherever the fuck she works at. She's like so disappointed. I've got to. I think I've got to go to like Tom Brokaw. With yeah, this. I, I've got to go to Bryant Gumble. I've got to <laughs> go to all the other ones. We've got the biggest scoop, you know, all the other ones, oh, the ones, the ones on the TV. Susie comes forward with her rosy story and the committee that puts on the New York City Marathon launch an official investigation Mm -hmm. with all the evidence we've just been talking about. They Uh reviewed it and they officially concluded Rosie did not run this race. So we are revoking in a score of a committee from five to two, they voted to disqualify Rosie from the 1975 race. Two people didn't want to disqualify her. Mm-hmm. I mean, to I don't be know fair, who all we have is circumstantial information or evidence. We don't have any hard evidence. So I guess I can see there the is, two. There's no real difference between circumstantial and evidence. Just saying and for other evidence. people. It's just, you know. She gets her um she gets her New York time disqualified. She was asked to return her medal, her laurel, and no. She's like, no, thank you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. I can truthfully and honestly say without hesitation that today has been the second saddest day of my life, only to be surpassed by the day that I had to leave my dear father in my native country 18 Okay. Oh, my God, yes. That was her quote. I had to flee Cuba in 1962. I had a tumor. And did I mention that I had a tumor in my brain? Y'all just are ganging up on me and i'm just a woman running a marathon winning a How medal dare you i'm just a woman who ran an entire marathon the entire thing <laughs> all 26 points are you just jealous that you don't get as sweaty as me and that you can't run in a t-shirt and white shorts and so having the new york time voided it technically automatically voided her boston win but the yeah. Boston Athletic right. Association did open their own investigation very soon after and very quickly concluded that she did not complete the race and they disqualified her win, which sucks Rude. because the guy that won, Bill Rogers, it mm-hmm. sucks because that was his third consecutive Boston Marathon win. And of course, this all gets overshadowed by the news <gasps> cycle oh, of Rosie. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Not to mention Jacqueline Garreau, who was the true winner. Run. Yeah. And she yeah. never got to have her moment of crossing the finish right. line and actually winning, winning. No. Yeah. She should have had that little laurel crown. She right. should have. That's her, her medal. Really sweaty head. If I were they her, did. I'd be hunting her down. Give me my damn medal. The BAA did reissue a new laurel and new medal to Jacqueline with her nice. winning time of two hours, 34 minutes, and 28 seconds. Which God, was that's fast. Which was at the time the fastest recorded for a woman in the Boston Marathon still. Yeah, that's not but she still made history wow. then. 
And it just sucks that she wasn't able to actually celebrate that. No, it's she, and it kind of, I would feel like, well, now people just think I won by default. Like I didn't earn it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm giving the rapid fire last few paragraphs of Rosie Ruiz's life because A, there's just not enough information to go through with it, but B, it, it's just, sorry, Rosie. It's sad. Yeah. So her later life was not only a constant battle to outrun the controversy, (laughs) <laughs> ah, thank you, King. Thank you. But it was dotted thank with you. criminal woes as well. In 1982, Rosie was arrested. Two years afterward, right. she was arrested for grand larceny and forgery for embezzling sixty thousand dollars from a real so estate her company. Prob- her problem that she is she, she starts too tall. Like she starts too high. Flies too close to the sun. Start by winning no. the Boston Marathon. You can't start by stealing $60,000. You got to yeah. put the work in if you're going to steal that much. And that's almost, I think, like 170 grand in 2023 dollars. That's such, yeah, that's that's some, such a good amount of money. money. And she was found guilty. She spent one week in jail and five years probation for that. After okay. her. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, that's a fine sentence. Yeah. After that incarceration, she moved back down to South Florida from Manhattan, and mm-hmm. she was arrested again the year later, 1983, for attempting to sell cocaine to an undercover cop oh, at a hotel no. in Miami. Oh, no. And then she's on probation in New York. Oh, no. Spends three weeks in jail for that. Oh. What? That's three still weeks. pretty good. Rosie. What was happening? Girl. Okay, Rosie. Uh, she got a good lawyer? I don't know. You're so, right. Her story cools down from January of 84. She marries a man named Akero Vivas, uh, Mr. Vivas, Mm -hmm. and they end up having three kids. They divorce two years later. And so there, Rosie Vivas is raising three children as a single mom. She had three kids in two years? I don't know. Holy I think they shit. divorced in two years. I didn't, I don't know. Yeah, okay, fair enough. And have yeah, kids maybe they had of kids it. before they got married. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay, all right. To the day that she died at the age of 66 from cancer mm. in July of 2019, oh, it is. Rosie kept her medal and had maintained she had completed the race fair and square. Oh, my God. You know what, though, Rosie? Stick to your guns. Commit to the bit. Yeah. You have to commit, commit to, the to the bit. That's what I'm saying. She's too far deep. She's not gonna. She's not gonna say the truth now. No, you can never ever own up to she it. She was also a late in life lesbian. She did come out, and she is oh. survived by her domestic partner. So, oh, well, that's there's that <laughs> to Good. circle back we to love, the late in life lesbians. Well, we've got multiple late in life lesbians. Listen, today. we love to see it, even if you know. You're not yeah, exactly even you <laughs> You're not a model lesbian. <laughs> but what is a model lesbian, really? Flannel. Elvira. Oops. Elvira. What? <laughs> You're right. I'm sorry. We just concluded that. Fair, fair. <laughs> well, Kevin, that was... That was Rosie Ruiz, the marathon yeah. scammer. Oh, my God. I Kevin. love it. It's incredible. And my husband... We love a big swing on this podcast. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my husband, uh, Big Library, he grew up in the Boston suburbs, and he Mm. was um, just telling me right before we recorded that he and his family would often walk up and and watch the race happen near their house uh, Mm because they were sort of on the route. He knew about Rosie. He knew Mm -hmm. about the Boston Marathon, but... 
big library did not know about the New York marathon part. So he was very <gasps> excited. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. oh yes. listen, we taught yes. big library something. She had to crawl before she walked mm-hmm. and never ran because she never ran the marathons. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and say running nine miles isn't a big deal. That's a big deal. Yes, good it's on a big you. Deal. Does it? It's a big deal. It's not a marathon. I could it's never. It's just not winning the Boston <laughs> no, Marathon. <it's> not. <laughs> Kevin, thank you so much for telling us about Rosie Ruiz, the ultimate athlete. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Would that we all could have the gumption yes. and guts of and Rosie Ruiz. And just keep in mind, it's not how you run the race. Mm-hmm. It's how you don't run the race. Yep. It's, it's like jazz. It's about, it's about the miles you don't Thank run. Thank you. Exactly. It's the notes you don't play. Exactly. Oh, excellent. Miss, yeah. what do you have for us in the world of spoopiness? Okay. My story by some skeptics could also be called a hoax or a scam but it's real i'm sure it's 100 percent real no it is what you're about to tell us absolutely is absolutely real. real art bell was an american broadcaster and author <laughs> <laughs> he was it's Rest not peace, art bell. it's not about art bell but he plays a big part <laughs> he was the founder and original host of the paranormal themed radio show coast to coast am coast to coast am which is now oh. on hundreds of radio stations across the u.s and canada it still airs nightly that's where the beginning of our story takes place. <laughs> yeah. The new host, the current host, George Norrie, is fine, he's but good. he's no Art Bell. Yeah, he's not the original. Okay, so July 29th, 1998, Art Bell receives his first communication with a real-life time traveler. In response to claims made by callers on his show claiming to be from a time later than the year 2500, and in relevant part, we're it's not still using landlines. <laughs> we're still faxing. They call, were they calling into the show? That's what it says. It says claims made by callers on his show oh. claiming that they were from a time. And I don't know if that means they That's time right. traveled and they're calling in from 1998 or what. Or they're calling from 2572. Right, exactly. Using ye old ancient landline. Got it. Which like wasn't even in existence. Anyway. Time travel. So this is what part of the fact says in important part. Time travel was invented in 2034. The basic design of the time machine that this author uses mm-hmm. involves rotating singularities inside a magnetic field. Do not Easy. ask follow-up questions. I don't know what it's that It's the means. machine from contact. Sure, sure. We're sure. coming up on time, 2034. I'm okay to go. Huh? I'm okay to go. We're coming up on 2034. I know. We're getting time travel so close. very soon. He explains time can be understood in terms of connected lines. When you go back in time, you're traveling along your original timeline. When the machine is turned off, you, a new timeline, a.k.a. a parallel universe, is created. Yeah. Yeah. To get back to your original timeline, you need to travel a split second farther back than where you turned off the machine so then you can get back okay, to okay because if you're going uh, back in time you, turn, you can be on your original line right. any time that you go forward, forward you're new, creating a new they did stuff like that universe. in infinity forward, wars and end game 
Oh, really? Yeah. It's when you turn off the machine or go forward, either of those will create a new line or universe. Whatever. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So, like, maybe just don't do it because you're just going to be creating so many bazillions of new universes. Mm-hmm. Listen, that's where I live. That's the camp I'm in. just don't. The author claims in the facts to have met himself multiple times, and it was always a good experience. Oh, like that Spider-Man meme. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. Yes. With the three that She's is pointing at each other. <laughs> so he claims that the farthest anyone has been in time travel is to 2564. Everyone who has traveled to 2564 reports that nothing exists. So something happened before 2564. Okay, well, uh, mm. are okay. you questioning my nothing facts? Nothing exists. Yeah. Well. If you go to twenty five sixty four, there's nothing, and nothing is there in twenty five sixty four. Mm-hmm. Where are you? Nowhere. You're in an alternate. Well, because but, if you're traveling forward, you are in a new universe. So you're not going to the same twenty five. No, not in your. Else has. The only way you can stay in your timeline, your life, is if you stay or go backwards. Right. Okay. 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 It's very easy. I don't know what the questions are about. The author states that the people of his time are working to figure out what happened and if they could prevent the nothingness. The letter also includes some fun facts about uh, life post-1998. Y2K is a disaster. That's right. It was. We all remember it. Many people froze to death on the highways trying to get to warmer weather. Of course. Yeah, a, pa- a, a power facility in Denver was able to restart itself, but it was mobbed by hundreds of thousands of people and destroyed. Hundreds of thousands. That's right. We remember all of this happening at the dawn of the new millennium. Yeah. <laughs> it <Stop> all it. <laughs> happened. <laughs> evil person. Okay, so a few years after the Y2K collapse, a communal government system is created. China retakes Taiwan, which is top. China. <laughs> oh God, Kevin. that was so bad was pretty, too. It was really it was bad. bad and horrible. <laughs> and you did the face too, like it was all it was the lower the teeth, teeth in the lit. Yeah, it's like a bulldog. <laughs> Russia is covered in a nuclear snow when all of their reactors collapsed. I remember when that happened. And so the unnamed author ends the facts by stating it is his belief that a nuclear bomb set off in the Middle East may be what caused the damage to the timeline to 2564. So a while later, date unknown, but within the a year or two, Art received a second fax from the same person. Faxes from the future. He loves a fax. I love that it's faxes from the distant Hey, you got to know your facts. Well, no, he's in 1998. He's in 1998. Right. That's right. That's right. He had just traveled further. You'll see, like, he was going somewhere to a different time, and on his way back, he stops at this time to, like, hang out with friends and family and catch up. Of course. So. Facts aren't bell. Yep. So the second facts is essentially a follow-up with a little bit more information, and it tells Art that his show can help change the future. The author begs Art to reconsider his paranoia concerning Russia because they will eventually save us. 
Mm. (laughs) Upon confirmation that Art received this fax, the author would fax Art pages from the operation manual of his time machine and color photographs of the machine. He was also willing to share information concerning time, the physics of time travel, and some historical events. In response, Art reads the faxes on air, causing interest in so many listeners that time travel became a permanent fixture on the show because of these 1998 faxes. Of course. And they aren't signed, but they are later attributed to the person we're going to get to. Next, we are in October 23rd, 2000. A user, Paul, posted an entry entitled Time Travel Paradoxes on the Time Travel Institute's forum where he, this is so weird, where he describes the conundrum of killing a person while time traveling. Mm -hmm. Oh. In the example that he uses, and he uses three, and they're all about the same. Keep that in mind. Okay. Paul states that if you went back in time and killed your grandmother, I don't know why you're killing your grandmother. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. this is like a known paradox. Yes. You go back in time and you kill your grandma. Your parent would abstain to, like, they would not exist. So right. you would not exist. Right. Which we all learned from the three part documentary series in the 80s, Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. That's right. But Paul goes further. He claims that if you never existed, then you never killed your grandmother, thus permitting you to be born. That's the paradox. Stop this. That's the paradox. It's yeah. It's that. It's that. It doesn't make sense no matter how you slice yeah. it. Right. If exactly. If you do kill your grandmother, you're never right. born. If you can't kill your grandmother, if you, or, or the, the opposite is that if you do kill her, you never existed to kill her. So you didn't. So you didn't. Yeah, so exactly. therefore, you. As can't be there are. at that moment because you came exactly. back from that. Exactly. Right. Right. Huh. Right. No matter what conclusion you draw, it can't. It's unworkable. Exactly. And that's the that's the fun brain meltingness of paradox. The other examples involved a grandfather. So whoever created these paradoxes really wanted to kill his grandparents. That's just my observation. In the post, Paul claims due to the paradox, three things must be true. One. You cannot change history, meaning if you go back in time and various events will get in your way to prevent you from executing your plan, which now that I'm reading that, it's pretty contradictory to other things, but we're just going to let that go. Two, if you go back and quote unquote change history, you're actually just moving to a different branch in time, aka a parallel universe like we were talking about before. Mm -hmm. So if you kill your grandma, you're not actually killing your grandmother, just another parallel universe's version of a multiverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. It's fun to get headaches thinking about time travel. Okay, so anyone who knows me knows that I hate time and space. It freaks me out more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I also don't understand it. And the way my brain works, if I don't understand something, I become obsessed with it. So that's why we have this episode today. Number three, any actions you take while time traveling will have no effect on the present. No effect on, I guess, on your present but somebody in the timeline that you are from. Yeah. 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 You're just fucking shit up. Like in an alternate universe. Somewhere else. Yeah. You're going back and killing baby Hitler from a timeline universe, but 
34A right. as opposed to your timeline 127C. Exactly. Exactly. So you did actually kill baby Hitler, but in, in that universe, in my universe, that didn't happen. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. That's all good. Yeah. This is all, you know, I'm ready to fax our bill. Yeah, I am too. So for the rest of the post, he goes into different scenarios and they're all essentially the same. He also goes into the possible effects of various time travel methods. His favorites are very long rotating cylinders of matter. I don't know what it means. Proposed by Frank Tipler. And then there's cosmic string theory proposed by Richard Cott. And there's many more. Now, Paul has a lot of ideas, all right? But he's not the focus of our story. On November 2nd, 2000, user time travel underscore zero posted a comment to Paul. Wow, Paul is right on the money. I was just about to give up hope on anyone knowing who Tipler or Kerr was on this world line. By the way, number two is the correct answer. And the basics for time travel start at CERN in about a year and will end in 2034 with the first quote-unquote time machine, which is built by GE. Too bad we can't post pictures or I'd show you. End quote. Oh, too bad. After that, he gets into a back and forth with user Pamela and they really go back and forth. He says that the machine is stationary. The machine is not moving. It's not a DeLorean. You fucking rube. It's a 1967 Chevrolet. That is the time machine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And you must, you, when you are time traveling, it is absolutely an, uh, an American car. Absolutely. <laughs> American. the american car that robert zemeckis wants you to think it Absolutely. is right that the is director correct. of back to the future uh, apparently you need to wear sunglasses when you are traveling lots of uv radiation got to in the future in 2036 there's considerably less smog and industrial waste mm-hmm. melting ice caps are not a problem and i need you to listen to this logic he claims oh that God. because water expands when it's frozen when it melts, sea levels will drop, not rise. So that's, I don't n- know. A, not true. And B, I, there's plenty of ice that is not in the ocean. That is, and that ice melts too. It's going to go down. He is from the future. Okay. He's from the future and he definitely he knows. knows. Okay. Uh, in the future, while religion is very important, it is personal. So there's no large huge like centralized churches which i could get behind more interestingly was pamela's question what are some of your memories from 2036 quote in 2036 i live in central florida with my family and i'm currently stationed at an army base in tampa he's a soldier we'll get okay into that more mm-hmm. a world war in 2015 killed nearly three billion people the people that survived grew closer Life is centered around the family and then the community. I cannot imagine living even a few hundred miles away from my parents. There's no large industrial complex creating masses of useless food and recreational items. Food and livestock is grown locally and sold locally. People spend much more time reading and talking together face-to-face. Religion is taken seriously and everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. <laughs> Wow. Such a weird ending to the rest of it. (laughs) And everyone can multiply and divide in their heads. Yes. This is just a sample of the conversation. They go back and forth for a while, him sharing stuff. 
And that's just what I thought was the best of it. This is from time traveler underscore zero. Later, it will come out that that person uh, is a pseudonym John Titor. Titor. Okay. Titter. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's T-I-T-O-R. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, Titor? Titor. I don't think it's Titter. It, it can't, can't be. be. I think it's Titor. But I'm just going to call him John from now on. So at the same time, John made a post of his own on this Time Travel Institute's website. And it says, Greetings. I'm a time traveler from the year 2036. I'm on my way home after getting an IBM 5100 computer system from the year 1975. My time machine is a stationary mass temporal displacement unit manufactured by General Electric. The unit is powered by two topspin dual positive singularities that produce a standard offset Tipler sinusoid. I will be happy to post pictures of the unit. About the computer and the reason he needed it was because the 5100 had a very simple and unique feature IBM did not account for and decided it was not in their best interest to advertise it. This accidental feature was removed from any future desktop computers. In order to take advantage of this feature, the 5500 I have now required a couple of special tweaks that had to be done by one of the engineers in 1975. Anyone familiar with the feature and was told to keep their mouth shut about it will be able to tell you what it is. Wait, this is the best line? No, Yes, we still have toilet tissue and some people still suffer from extreme anal fixation. That's how he ends it. That's how he ends the post. What? Apparently he gets a lot of questions about- Extreme anal fixation. Girl, that's my Friday night, honey. And every other Tuesday. So like, I don't know, he gets really like sassy and sarcastic sometimes. So I don't know if he was just annoyed that so many people are like, how do you go to the bathroom in the future that he just tacked it on? I mean, I like, can't explain. <laughs> it's not the first time that somebody who is creating mm-hmm. lore addresses mm-hmm. the question of bathroom habits and just falls flat on their faces. JK Rowling decided after the fact that witches and wizards didn't develop toilets until like way later and would just piss and shit where they stood and then magic it so away. So like m- medieval not? times. Like, why, why would anybody choose medieval to do times, that? Medieval times, but no, you can't clean medieval up. Time. You just shit where you are. Even in medieval times, yeah. you find a bucket, or you, you, pee off, you poop off a sometimes wall Sometimes in a corner. This is while you're Mid conversation with another witcher wizard or whatever. So like a toddler you're talking to who just walks away and goes and stands in the corner. Hissing and shitting. But you don't stand in the corner. You don't even walk away. You just, you're just what? eye contact. Still talking about whatever Why not just magic away? Wait. She's bad. Mag- She's bad and like, has I have stupid to- ideas. And owls are very slow creatures. Why would you depend on them to carry your messages? Yeah. Okay, well, that's a discussion for another episode. <laughs> anyway, yeah, sorry, sorry. Hot take, not a yeah, fan. Yeah, I don't know if this will surprise you, listeners, but we actually are not fans of JK. Now, he posts, uh, John Time Traveler, he posts a lot of different subjects on various forums. But one that was a big point he did was John warned of the soon coming American Civil War. Now, this comes before the 2015 
World War Three. I'm so proud of myself that I just said mm, that correctly. Okay. World War. Anyway, he claims that the government tries to keep its power by installing martial law, which he spells like the man's name, Marshall. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, great. Perfect. So you know yeah, that it's... So, you know that who's Marshall? <laughs> That's what I Let said. I was like, him. what is this Marshall? And then I was like, oh, he means martial law. Okay. All right. Drag king name idea for Ooh, the legal Martial law. That is a That's good right. name. Dong, 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 yeah. dong, dong. And he would like he would do a lap dance to the Law and Order theme song. Absolutely. Yes. The government's attempts to keep us all together fail. As a result, the U.S. is split into five regions based on military objectives. And the Civil War lasts from 2004 to 2012. Like, well, that's a long time. That's that a long is. time. I mean, that's what's going on in some countries right now. So it's not implausible. Some countries that we're involved in. Oh, absolutely. Like we've been in the Middle East since 2003, baby. Yeah. We've been there before that, too. I mean, yeah. I, as I said that, I was like, <laughs> and before. <laughs> and before. So this is some of the things he says about uh, the, the Civil War will start in the U.S. around 2004. I would describe it as having a Waco-type event every month that steadily gets worse. The conflict will consume the entire country by 2012 when it will end. And then the 2015 World War will start, but it's very short. I think it's less than a year. Okay. Quote, if you want to survive the coming conflict, learn to let fear keep you alive. Too many of you turn off the life-saving natural instincts and premonitions when it's convenient. The same person who has five deadbolt locks on their door will think nothing about getting into a parking garage elevator with a total stranger. If you want to live, keep your eyes open. That's right. Quit being so anally fixated and keep your head on a fucking swivel, chumps. And then after the world war, for no reason at all, he says that Omaha, Nebraska is the new U.S. capital. <laughs> Just in a terrible place, considering it's not near any water. It's great. Flat. This is this is some like conspiracy militia guy shit for sure. Just to be like, look, I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. me and my three percent are friends live in and around Omaha. So yeah. mm-hmm. it's definitely Omaha. The real America is going to be real America. The That's, That's right. right. As can be expected, many were skeptic of his claims, but John didn't care. Quote, there's two quotes on this. So the first one, perhaps it would be better if you just considered me a fraud. I really don't have a problem with that. If that were the case, could we then have discussions that you were comfortable with? Quote, end quote. So he seems, you know, reasonable, fair. Yeah, like, <sighs> fine. Just pretend just, that I'm faking. Can we talk pretend reasonably I'm faking, now? Can we talk now? Yeah. Okay. Look, I'd just like to talk about the marathons I've finished. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Quote. My goal is not to be believed. Perhaps I should let you all in on a little secret. No one likes you in the future. This time period is looked at as being full of lazy, self-centered, civically ignorant shape. Perhaps you should be less concerned about me and more concerned about that. End quote. Excellent. Wake up, sheeple. Me and my future friends don't even mm-hmm. like you. Everyone oh. fucking hates you. 
Okay. Hey, so that's like a middle school everyone, bully. And everyone <laughs> doesn't yeah. like you. They think you're gross. So, John claimed his mission to go back to 1975 was for the IBM 5100 because he needed to debug various legacy computer programs in 2036. Now, this is a normal thing. Apparently, that all of, like, NASA computers still run on a program from 2002 because of how it was originally written. So, all of the legacy, I have no idea what any of this means, but that's that what... makes sense. They yeah. did right. say... Everything is uh, built off of a certain thing, yeah. Off of that system, right. Yeah. So, John was picked for the mission because his grandfather was directly involved with the programming of the IBM 5100. Uh, many people, despite the skeptics though, many people believed him completely and wanted to go to 2036 with him because this is where he was. He left 2036, went to 1975, did what he needed to do, and then took a layover in 98, 2000, 2001, that time. No, and then, the sites. well, no, he's like, I, he's yeah. like, I wanted to get back photos that were destroyed in the Civil War. I wanted to see. Oh my God, that's right. Because the Civil like War that. from 2003 Destro- to 2015. Great. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But John was, so many people wanted to go with him, and John was cool with that. Quote For all of you interested in coming back with me to 2836, perhaps we should discuss the trip. Please be aware that the, the displacement unit moves through time, not space. First, we will be driving the current vehicle, a Chevy truck, to the displacement unit in Tampa, Florida. From there, we will go back to my arrival date on this world line. Then we will have to drive to Minnesota, sell the current vehicle, and get another one that would have been around in 1975. We would then move the displacement unit, just 500 pounds, into the new vehicle, and then go back to 1975. Once in 1975, we'll back, drive back to Tampa, and then from there, we can make the final hop to 2036. If you'd like to stay in 1975, you're welcome to do that. It can also get quite hot and stuffy during the trip, and you'll be subjected to 1.5 to 2G force the entire time. You will also need some sort of a rebreather system or oxygen supply. And I guess they're supposed to just get on their own. I guess so. Yeah. They can't give you everything. So I don't know. We don't know if John ever took anyone with him, but on March 24th, 2001, John posted his final message. I will be leaving this worldwide shortly, and this, is, this will be my final post. There are only a handful of people who know exactly when I'll be leaving, and I'm sure they will let you know when I'm gone. End quote. Now, that quote went on for a long time, but it was rambly, and I didn't care for it. No, I just kind no. of... <laughs> I just the... The word world line, I really like. That's some yeah. cool branding. That's it very is. cool. I like that. And it, it kind of makes John it, Titor. the parallel universe thing, when you call it like a world line, I feel like that's easier to conceptualize. So much. As opposed like, to very like well described. individual. Like it's not my timeline. I live in this world line. Yes. <laughs> I like it. Right. So that was the last time anyone heard from John Titor or time travel underscore zero one, though he was not forgotten four years after for years after he was the topic Mm -hmm. of calls to art bell. 
This usually devolved into callers yelling back and forth that it was all a hoax or that it was completely real, which is exactly what you want on Coast to Coast. It's totally what you want on Coast to Coast. Art is loving it. (laughs) He is just pure entertainment and he calls himself that. (laughs) We got to get ourselves a subscription to Coast to Coast. Honestly, it'd be a good time. But in 2008, the Italian TV show Voyager aired results of an investigation into John. The results were that it was a hoax. Private investigator Mike Lynch found no registry evidence past or present of any individual named John Titor. He did, however, identify the John Titor Foundation, a for-profit company formed on September 16th, 2003, with no office address other than a um, a P.O. box in Kissimmee, Florida, Um, In 2009, uh, John Houston of the Hoax Hunter website named Larry Haber, a Florida entertainment lawyer, as the CEO of that foundation. Lynch concluded that Haber and his brother Richard, a computer scientist, were very likely the men behind John Titor, who they actually introduced in 1998, accompanied by different predictions, including the Y2K bug. Um, they also yes. reported that John T- Titor is a registered trademark with a, <laughs> with a United States Patent and Trademark Office, yes. but it is now classified yes. as abandoned. Oh, you know what? That's such a fucking entertainment lawyer thing to do. Like, you know what we gotta do? We gotta make sure we got the trademark on John's yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Though many point to the fact that the Y2K crisis never happened, but what they don't fucking think about is that when he went back in time to 1975 and got the computer program and then went back to 2036, he prevented it from happening, you fucking idiots. Idiots. (laughs) Yeah, that's why it didn't happen. That's why it didn't happen, because he saved us. Anyway, that is the story of Time Travel by John Titor... Time travel underscore zero. May you be correct. And may we, in what, 13 years? We'll find out. 13 years, TikTok. Well, no. No, it happens in in nine years because it's 2034 that that time travel is possible. Mm, GE makes the time travel machine. But I see. That's where I am. Well, get your stock in General Electric. Oh my God. It's so funny that you say that because that was one of the questions that so many people asked him and he would get so mad. He would get so, he's like, (laughs) why are you asking me about stocks and not like bettering yourself or preparing for the future? Why are you so consumed by this? Because he doesn't want to give the answer and have the liability. He gets so sassy, but I just didn't feel That's like so coming into fucking the funny. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Miss, thank you so much for I think yeah. our first coast to coast related. I think so. Story. I can't it believe really it took ins- seventy one episodes. Yeah. I can't believe it either. But doing this episode, the research for it has unlocked a plethora of future pod subjects excellent excellent i love when that happens listen it's never heard of coast to coast am it's absolute great like paranormal alien conspiracy listening it's up there with uh like bill cooper's old show conspiracy weirdo Mm -hmm. bill cooper Mm -hmm. the proto alex jones 
Mm-hmm. The guy who was a true believer in it, he died in a shootout with the cops. So, oh shit! So he was a he was a real one. He was the real one. He's not like actor Alex Jones. He's a full true crime and spoopy story. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, future subject of the podcast, Bill Cooper. Yeah, for sure. He wrote a book called Behold a Pale Horse. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. None dare call it conspiracy. Oh, I don't know. It's not important. It's not important. Listener, you got to get on our level with conspiracy bullshit. Yeah. Just meet us there. I'm going to purchase us a subscription to Coast to Coast AM that we can share. <laughs> the show for the show? That's perfect. So we can listen to it 24/7. We can always be um, listening to George Nori. ABL always be listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. I had a great. lot of fun was a, with this one. This was great. Tricks and hoaxes. Yes, is our that's, theme today. We have an I accidental love. theme. I love. Thank you both so so much for spending time in the fun zone today. We it's really do. Always fun to be in the fun zone, and yeah. I'm glad that we had a great time today for it too. Me too, listeners. I hope you enjoyed yourself. If you did, you could check us out on Instagram at Creepy Inquiries Pod. You could also send us a message. Let us know what you think. You could send us an email at creepyinqueriespod at gmail.com. If you're interested in our sources, uh, you can go to our website, creepyinqueriespod.com, and they're all listed there every week for you. And then if you have the time, if you are on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to our wonderful show, give us a cute little rate and review. It really helps us out, and we appreciate it. Five stars or I will go back in time and romance your grandmother. <gasps> no. That's right. Oh, romance her, make her fall subtle. in love with me, and then leave her high and dry. <gasps> <laughs> wow, guy, you better give us some five star reviews before Uncle Edie really brings down the hammer. Listener, thank you so much for joining us on this episode 71, the Mark Hamill aged episode. Oh, Oh, all right. And until next time.